transitioning now to our sermon. If you're able, would you stand with me as we read Scripture? Today's passage comes from Jonah 3, 1 through 3a. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Get up, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach the message that I tell you. Jonah got up and went to Nineveh according to the Lord's command. Pray with me. Lord, now as we look to your word, we ask that you would speak to us. We ask that your Holy, Holy Spirit would move powerfully, that you would be glorified, and that you would call us. Amen. Please be seated. Yeah, today's a special Sunday. It's a special day. There's snow on the ground in October, praise the Lord. There's lots of stuff, lots of excitement, testimony stories, food. It's a Midwestern potluck, praise the Lord. But we want to continue our study of God's Word because we are committed to Scripture. We're committed to its truth. Of, and not just being good ideas, but being God's Word itself. That said, we have a short text today, and for better or for worse, a shorter sermon. I don't know where you fall on that. Some of you are excited. Some of you are less excited. The study of Jonah so far has been extremely meaningful to me. I hope it's been for you. Next week, our brother Mike uh, Smith will be preaching on Jonah. You don't want to miss it. He's an incredible preacher. Our account on Jonah now seemingly begins again from the start. If we can put that graph up on the screen, Megan. We've done the first half of Jonah. We're now on the bottom right. Jonah's recommissioning and compliance. Just like Jonah was called at the start of the book, we see the prophet called again. And while the similarities are obvious, perhaps what's most significant are the places where the story is different. It's a short scene. It's a deep passage. Let's look at it together verse by verse, comparing it to Jonah 1. So chapter 3, verse 1. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. This is almost identical to Jonah 1, verse 1, which says the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. It's verbatim until the last bit. Instead of son of Amittai, it says, again, again, the word of the Lord, the word of Yahweh comes to the prophet Jonah again. This phrase, the word of the Lord came to the prophet again. That's, it's common throughout the prophets where a prophet would receive a word from the Lord, relay the message, and God would come to them. Again, generally speaking, the next chapter, the next oracle, the next word, this is different because it's the same. It's the same. It's a second chance for Jonah. Will he respond differently than he did the last? Kevin Youngblood points out in his commentary that it's only Jonah that this terminology signifies a second opportunity to be obedient to a divine command. In fact, Jonah is unique among the prophets in receiving a second chance to obey God's command. Prophets, most spiritual leaders, held to a higher standard when they disobey, disobey, typically are judged quickly and severely, specifically because of their special calling and privilege to access information and revelation. Or in the words of Spider-Man's Uncle Ben, with great power comes great responsibility. There are several reasons why Yahweh may make an exception. One being, Jonah first initially wanted judgment. If you remember the story, God calls Jonah the first time, and rather than fulfilling the command, he welcomed judgment as a path to escape the mission of Nineveh to the, to the extent where instead of repenting and going back to Nineveh, he'd rather die and be thrown overboard. He invited wrath and judgment, believing he could manipulate God's divine power. He counted on Yahweh's justice to be swift. 
that he would give the task to another, but God proved that neither his judgment nor his mercy can be manipulated. Though if we're honest, if I'm honest, I like to try. I like to try. Let's see if we can manipulate God a little bit. Because friends, we're an awful lot more like Jonah than we care to admit. Second, God shows Jonah mercy, as we pointed out last week, because he cares about Jonah, not just the Ninevites. He cares about Jonah's heart, his judgment-obsessed heart, his nationalistic hate-the-Ninevites heart. He wants Jonah's heart to be redeemed out of its wretchedness, just as God wanted to redeem the Ninevites. Both the prophet and the pagan had wickedness in their hearts. Both needed to rely on God's mercy for salvation, which can make us wayward believers blush, right? But it's a truth we need to embrace. We are sinners in need of the mercy and grace of God. It's also interesting to note that we don't know how much time has elapsed from when the fish vomited Jonah back on dry earth to when he heard again. We don't know how many days the details left out, and it's not entirely necessary, but it's interesting to think about. It could have been days, weeks, or or longer that he comes on the scene and maybe he just thinks that he escaped. God spared him. He sent another prophet to Nineveh. Jonah could have come to the conclusion that he's just so great. I'm done. I've done it. Perhaps Jonah was expecting a different word from the Lord. Perhaps he was ready for another assignment. Sometimes we want to experience forgiveness and repentance without consequences and retribution. Bonhoeffer, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, calls this thing cheap grace. God cares for Jonah. And for us, too much only to dispense cheap grace. He he, he doesn't want to just give us a candy bar. He wants to completely satisfy us and remake us. He's He's not after us to make us feel superficially good. He wants us to be completely remade more and more into the image of Jesus for the sake of the world. We are to become people of love for the sake of others. That's who Jesus is. Jesus, God himself, love embodied in flesh. Why? For the sake of the world. So he's not just dispensing get out of jail free cards. No, he is completely remaking us. Completely remaking us, and he paid the price of it. Jonah hears the call of the Lord again, verse 2. Get up, go to the great city of Nineveh, preach the message I tell you. It's very similar to the first chapter, uh, if you want to look at those. Perhaps the most obvious difference is that Jonah's called to preach the message I tell you instead of preach against it. More literally, you could translate uh, preach the message I tell you proclaim the proclamation that I've proclaimed to you. It's, it's obvious. This is different from the original command. There's a subtle but profound switch from condemnation to proclamation. It's subtle, but it makes it more neutral. It's less confrontational. It's less in your face. And it's a bit ambiguous as to what God's going to do once he gets to Nineveh. In the first chapter, God said, because their evil has come up before me, instead it's now, tell them what I tell you to tell them. Just because the clause in the first chapter is gone doesn't mean that the Ninevites are suddenly holy people. No, the emphasis has shifted because Jonah no longer gets a say in what he's going to preach. The leash has been shortened. Jonah is called, get up and tell the Ninevites exactly what I'm going to tell you. The reasons, the results, the details, the in-between, leave that up to God. You now, Jonah, get up. Go, tell them what I tell you to tell them. Respond in faith. 
that's something that Jonah has struggled with a little bit. We, who are a lot like Jonah, are called to do the same thing. Verse 3a, Jonah got up, went to Nineveh according to the Lord's command. This is what we, the reader, if we were to have read Jonah for the first time, would have wanted Jonah to do the first time. God tells Jonah to get up. And the first time, instead, he got up and then went down to Joppa, down to a ship, down to the belly of the ship, eventually down to the depths of the sea. But this time, Jonah gets up and listens. He goes to Nineveh according to what God commanded. And, and it would not be an, an easy journey. Again, remember what Jonah's up again against. The Assyrians were the literal enemies of the Jewish peoples. They, they were wretched in veggie tales. They slapped people with fishes. I mean, just evil, evil people. And there was a temporary ceasefire right now between the Assyrians and the Jewish nations because, because of some internal issues. But the Assyrians hated the Jewish people. And the Jewish people hated the Assyrians. And this journey would be long, several weeks long, journeyed by foot and, and very dangerous into the belly of the beast of the Assyrians. Though if God could protect Jonah in the belly of the fish, perhaps he could protect him in the belly of Nineveh too. Perhaps the most important phrase in this verse, in this whole scene, is according to the Lord's command. This is a complete change in action of how Jonah responded the first time. We expected the first time that, that a prophet from God would have obeyed, but he didn't. Now Jonah has learned and allows God to direct his journey according to the Lord's command. That's the end of the scene this morning. And before we get to our, our so what for today which is the question we, we end most sermons here with. As I was studying this sermon, I couldn't help but be drawn in awe of the God of second chances. That's another song in the VeggieTales movie. We see him give Jonah an incredible second chance, surely one he did not deserve. And God has surely given me second, third, fourth, fifth chances. I can't help but be, not just in Jonah, but in my life, deeply grateful to the grace and mercy in dealing with me. I don't deserve righteous grace. I know my thoughts. You probably know your own too. But as I was studying, a connection was made in some of the commentaries comparing Jonah and Simon Peter. So Bible nerd out with me just a little bit here. It helps us understand the radical love of God. In, in Matthew 16, 17, Jesus refers to Simon Peter as Simon, son of Jonah. Now, some have long argued that that's probably his, his dad, though his dad was also known as John. So some have argued maybe Jonah and John are similar. Others argue perhaps Jesus is creating a pun and actually comparing Peter to Jonah. I mean, Jesus did know his Old Testament pretty well. I think that's safe to assume. And so perhaps Jesus was calling to something he saw in Peter's heart. And an obvious parallel is Peter's flight from his calling. Think about Peter's threefold denial of Jesus on the night he was betrayed. I'll never betray you, Jesus. And I know you will, not once, but three times. And it happened. But in Matthew 16, 22, same context as Simon Peter, son of Jonah, Peter rebukes Jesus, predicting that his ministry will end in death meaning the son of Jonah line, again, is right next door. But Peter emoted and acted like someone sold out for the cause of Christ and ended up rejecting Christ three times and it breaks him. Later, just like Jonah, Jesus sits on the shore of the sea and gives him a second chance. John 21. 
Jonah and Peter are both eyewitnesses to God being the God of second chances. This is where it gets nerdy. The similarities go so much deeper than that. Peter's also like Jonah that he was the first apostle to be, to be called to cross the Jew-Gentile line. In Acts 10, he's, he's called to go preach to Cornelius, and he was so hesitant. He didn't want to go. In fact, he said, I can't do that. It's too shameful. God has to give him a vision. Guess where he received that vision? Joppa. The same place where Jonah decided, I'm done, Lord. I'm going the opposite way. Son of Jonah, Peter, gets called, and then Peter is obedient. It's been summarized like this. Those who have been scandalized by the inclusiveness of God's mercy and have fled from sharing that mercy can take heart from Jonah and Peter's experience. Yahweh is the God of second chances who patiently waits for his servants to embrace the call of a scandalous, inclusive mercy. So the question, friends, have you been scandalized by the grace of God? I have been. I have been. Just like Jonah, just like Peter, I can testify to God being the God of second chances, the God who's quick to forgive, the God who chases me down when I want nothing to do with him, the God who chases his children down with severe but loving, compassionate mercy, a God who wants to see humankind in the world remade to reflect his good and perfect will. Once again, our God is a God of second chances. And so now we get to our question of so what? What does Jonah's second chance mean for us? How does this impact us? For me, it's clear. Hear God's call and in obedience, listen. Not just with your ears, with your actions. You, me, us are called to do life with God and invite people to accept that scandalous mercy of God that's offered through Jesus Christ. For some of you, perhaps you once have done life with God or maybe for God or under the rule of God. You know, you, you did the thing. You did the Christian life, dressed up on Sundays, went to church because mom and dad, you know, it was a big deal. Tried to avoid, uh, avoid at least some of the big swear words. You know which ones. Avoid the big sins. But then life happened. The years add up. A couple hardships Affections grew cold. The alarm for Sundays was disabled. Friend, I've been there. I've been there. Know that even on those days, God is not far. Just like Jonah was on the ship going the other way, where was God? Not sitting in Jerusalem. He was on the ship with Jonah. Know that even on those days, Jesus, the Son of God eternal, has given his life for you. Eternal life to come, yes, but overwhelming life and joy here and now, a joy that's secure, a peace that makes no sense, a mission to give your life to, a family called church to do life with, and a God who will be with you in and through it all, and yes, culminated in a life that will never end. If you have spent time wandering, perhaps like Jonah, perhaps like Peter, would you Hear the call of God again. Open your eyes to God. Listen to his call and obey again. God is not after what you can do for him. He can do more than you can do. He doesn't need you. He wants you.
He wants you to be with Him. He wants you to tell other people about Him with Him. He doesn't want you to be alone. He doesn't want you to fall into sin. He wants you to be with Him. So, so we're so glad we're all here together. This is, this is great. And I invite you, hear the call of God. Respond to Christ in faith. And for a lot of us, core team, friends who've walked in this journey for two years now, today can feel like a, a, an end, the end of a chapter. This is a big deal. It's a culmination. But it's not the end of the book. It's the end of the prologue. God has more, greater things, harder things, more glorious things. The book's just getting started. The story hasn't even begun. Do you hear it, the call of God? We say our mission is to raise the spiritual temperature of southeastern South Dakota. We, we want it all. We don't just want people to be here. Praise the Lord if you choose to come here and worship with us. We love that. If you choose to worship somewhere else, amen. We want to see lives transformed. We want to see finances turned around. We want to see marriages restored. We want the kingdom of God to come here as it is in heaven. Are you ready to go after that mission with us? So that every man, woman, child, tribe, people, neighborhood, town has a chance to hear the gospel of Christ. So I want to invite you, my friends, who over the past year and a half I've cried with, celebrated with, joked with, maybe fought with a little bit, rejoiced with. Let's respond to the call of God together. Re-engage, re-imagine, recommit. We get to do life with God. So this is an invitation to do it again. The word of the Lord comes to the seed church again. Will you do this with me? And because of who we are, we're going to end in a weird way. Daryl's going to preach. I'm kidding. <laughs> Worship team, you guys can come on up as we finish. Uh, I just want to give us a small space, friends. As Christiana so perfectly said, God still speaks today. Amen? And, and through this, yes, and amen. People of the book, Bible, good, yes, yes. But friends, he speaks to you through Scripture, through His people, but through His Spirit. So I want to take a minute and do something that might be weird for you. Let's listen to God together. What if in this moment God doesn't want to just give us a general, yes, let's recommit. What if the God of Jonah, the God of Peter, wants to speak to you? So what I'm going to invite you to do is just close your eyes. If you're willing, you can open your hands like this as if you were to receive from the Lord. And I want to just invite us to ask God, what are you calling us into this next season? What are you telling me, Father? And then we'll listen. I'll pray, and then we'll take some time and listen, and then we'll continue on in worship. Pray with me.